but, um, but we've got to get back to the things of God. You know, the, the business of God is still at hand, and of course, you know, that has never stopped. You know, so 2022 is here, and, um, you know, Antoine mentioned, you know, 2021 being a little bit better than 2020, but, you know, as a Christian, every year is fabulous. You know, it, you know, it shouldn't make a difference what's happening around us, either globally, you know, nationally, or even in our lives personally. If you're a believer, you know, every year should be a, should be a, a fantastic year to look back on. And, um, but, but as we close out, you know, we, 2021, we welcome the new year, 2022, and we, we get all excited about the new year. But really, you know, if, if, if God looks at, he doesn't look at the calendar like January to December in 12 months. God's not bound by time. He's not bound by calendar months and, and events and all those kind of things. So really, we're celebrating the new year, but God is just, it's like a continuation of just, it's God. It, it's, it's, where he, it's where he's at. And also, not that it's wrong. It's not wrong to do that. It is a new year. It's a new beginning. I believe it is an opportunity for us to, to sit back, to kind of contemplate on what happened the previous year, and we look forward to a fresh slate, you know, a brand new slate of, of things that God is going to do for us in the coming year and all. But uh, Luke chapter 4, this is Jesus speaking. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the, for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, the year of the Lord's favor there that Jesus is speaking about, that's not a calendar year. That's a, that's a season. It's a, it's a time slot. It's a period in history that you and I are experiencing today. We, we are right now sitting in this room experiencing the year of the Lord's favor. The year of the Lord's favor was the cross, just what we celebrated this morning. Antoine, you did a wonderful job. And you know, just, just zoning in on what, the, what really we do when we take communion, we remember what Christ has done for us. But we are living right now in the year, not, not a calendar year, in a time slot. And I believe it is one of the most fantastic periods of time in all of human history that God has placed us in the year of Lord's favor that, that his salvation, the salvation of the Lord that is found in Jesus Christ is extended as an invitation to every single human being on the face of the earth. That God is willing to forgive us. That God is willing to extend his mercy and his grace in spite of our rebellion and our sin and our disobedience and all the things that we've done, God has opened up the windows of heaven through the cross of Jesus Christ, and he is basically saying, I forgive you. The invitation is open for you to come to Christ. That's the year of the Lord's favor. So we're in that year. You know, no matter what the world does or what happens in the, in, 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 around us, we are living in the year of the Lord's favor. And um, you know, Christians share the same heartbeat as the Lord, or, or at least we should. We, we should share the same, the same heartbeat that God shares. And um, though, though the year has changed, our purpose and calling has not changed. The church, I believe, and I've said this before from this pulpit, the church is living in a season of distraction. There, there's, there's a distracting spirit that is all around us. And, and, and if you're not careful as a Christian, you will, th that, that distracting spirit will take hold of you, and it will, it will, it will control you, it will dominate your life. But, but we are in a season of distraction, and this distraction is not by accident. It's by design. 
that, that the devil, the enemy will do everything he can possibly do to keep the, keep the church distracted from its mission to win the lost and make disciples. Whatever the enemy needs to do to place before us as Christians to distract us from what God wants us to focus on, the enemy will do that. Whatever it is, even good things, this, the devil will place before us to distract us. The, the, the enemy doesn't want us to love the Lord. The Bible commands us to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Whatever he can do to distract you from, from loving God with all your heart, from serving others, from worshiping him and all, all those different things, there is a spirit of distraction that is going on, not just in the United States, but across the whole globe, across the whole, a whole planet. And um, there's something my wife and I was reading. As I was reading some statistics, and this is interesting, and I don't have these. I'm going to read something else. But th they have statistics on how many people are born uh, every second and how many people die every second. And it's, they do it for the United States, and they also do it globally. But, but Laura and I was just kind of sharing some things about the new year, and Laura came across this article here. And it's amazing when I share this with you. You will not find this in the mainstream media. I don't listen to the mainstream media anymore, but I know that the mainstream media is not going to share this. And if I was to ask the average Christian or, or the average person in the United States, what is the leading cause of death? I don't believe that person could, could, could accurately answer what that, what that is. I, I, and I think many of us, we, we would be shocked with that. But abortion is the leading global cause of death in 2021. Now listen to this with 43 million babies killed in one year. 40, 43 million babies have been killed. Abortion was the leading cause of death globally in 2021. You would think by listening to the media that COVID was the leading cause of death. COVID is not the leading cause of death. With nearly 43 million unborn babies killed in the womb, as of noon or December 31st, there were 42.6 million abortions performed in the course of the year. Uh, the world meter revealed with 8.2 million people died from cancer, 5 million from smoking, 1.7 million from HIV or AIDS, 1.3 million from traffic fatalities, and 1 million from suicide. I don't think anyone would have answered that abortion is the leading cause, but see, I shared out to just share that the enemy is a distracting spirit. He's a distractor. He distracts us from these things. And we are so absorbed with the media and the things that the world is telling us that we don't even realize that there is something going on behind the scenes that none of us are even, even really aware of, that, there, that there's, mur there's murder occurring 43 million a year. God help us. Father, forgive us, Lord. Show mercy and grace on us that, that we would stand in the gap for our nation and for our world, that God would show his mercy and his grace in spite of our sin and our rebellion, that God would help us keep focus. So we have to, I have to do as a pastor to keep the church focused on what God wants us aiming for. Not, not the things that the world is aiming for and the things that the world is focused on, but I, I have to, as a pastor, keep this church focused on God's heart and God's, God's desires and the things that God, that God is aiming for. And I'll, I will confess, as a pastor, it's difficult it's, it's extremely difficult to do that because there's so many different things coming against us for our attention and for our time that even as a pastor and as a church, we can be taken off, 
Of course, we, we can deviate from what God wants. And I believe it's so imperative for us to just maintain our focus on the things that God wants. But I will and must do my part to keep this church pointed in the right direction, but you too must play your part. In other words, you, you have to play your part in this to stay focused on the things of God. I, I can speak it from the pulpit. We can, we can teach things in our life groups and all those different things, but you have to make a decision individually that you are going to maintain your focus and your aim on the things of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The Hebrew writer here says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. As a church, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. As a believer, I need to fix my eyes on Jesus. Other, other translations say keeping our eyes, or one says now, now stay focused on Jesus. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, like, like intently, like we, we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ and we don't look away, we don't look to the left or to the right, we stay intently focused with our eyes on Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, he kept his eyes on Jesus. Paul kept his eyes on Christ. Ever since he was saved and born again by the, by the power of Jesus Christ, Paul never took his eyes off of Christ. His main mission was to just stay focused on Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul wrote this. It says, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which, God, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul, in this passage, gives us, I believe, our marching orders for 2022. And it's this, to keep pressing on. We need to keep pressing on. And that, that, that's what Paul is telling us in this passage. And God is calling us to keep moving forward as Christians, to keep, to keep pressing on as Christians, to, to lay aside everything that hinders the just as the Hebrew writer says, to lay aside everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. See, many people are making New Year's resolutions. My, my brother-in-law, when we were together this, this past week, was kind of asking everybody, what, you know, what's your New Year's resolution? I don't, I've never really had big, I was never really big on New Year's resolutions, but everybody likes to kind of give a New Year's resolution. But Here's a resolution I believe we all can make to avoid the distractions of the world and the enemy and keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ. That's what my resolution, that's what I want to make my, my aim and my focus for 2022, that nothing will distract me from knowing Christ, from keeping my eyes on Jesus Christ. See, as we begin 2022, what better mindset than to have than pressing on as a Christian? that I'm going to press on as a Christian. See, Paul was fixed on the Lord Jesus. The conditions from which this letter was written proves this to be true, and I've shared this before, but the, the letter of Philippians, and if you study the New Testament, some of, some of Paul's letters or his epistles were written, were written from prison. They're, 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 they're called as prison epistles, the letters that he wrote while he was in prison. Philippians, and if it's only four chapters, 
And it's one of the most encouraging books in all the Bible. But as you read the book, you need to remind yourself that Paul penned this letter while he was in prison for Christ. And, and, there were, and we, I, I find it difficult that any of us could have penned that letter in the best of circumstances. Paul was able to write these words that he wrote in the, in the condition that he was in because he had a love and a devotion for his Savior, Jesus Christ. And his, he, he never took his eyes off of Jesus Christ. He was never, even his chains and his imprisonment could not distract him from his race as a Christian. So I want us to look at this passage and just let it become something that we absorb and really grab a hold of that God will, will grab us as we begin. And we do, it, again, it is a good time to, to, to have a fresh look, a fresh vision that before us, the new year, but to kind of be in a position. I believe God is telling me, you know, what position are you going to be in for 2022? What's your position? Well, I believe our position needs to be pressing on. <laughs> that, that needs to be the position that we take as we, as we move forward and we march in to 2022, no matter what this year brings us. So let's just kind of break this down here. In verse 12, Paul says, Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So the first thing I believe Paul is telling us is we need to pursue. We need to pursue. See, everyone, if you think about it, is pursuing something. Even the world is pursuing, pursuing something. People are pursuing their careers. They're pursuing their hobbies, their lifelong dreams. Uh, some people, you know, are pursuing, you know, uh, entertainment and, and, and pleasure and all those different things. They're pursuing money and fame. Maybe people are pursuing positions and, and, and places and, and the place that they work. But if you read Paul's letter here in Philippians and all the letters that Paul wrote in the New Testament, Paul had one pursuit. It was Jesus Christ. That, that, was, his, that was his one pursuit. It was, it was Jesus Christ. Paul's salvation experience was so powerful that the only way that he felt he could pay back everything that Christ had done for him was to know Christ, was to really know Jesus Christ and everything about this man and this person and this Lord of who, of who he was. See, our salvation experience may, may not have been as radical as Paul's, but the result was still the same. We experienced the same love. We experienced the same grace. We experienced the same mercy. We experienced the same forgiveness. Yes, it, I love radical salvation. I, uh, me and Antoine, we talk about this a lot. I, I mean, I, I am blown away by Antoine. I, when, I, when I see a person that, 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 that God has completely, I'm talking completely, taken their life and turned it upside down and they are, they are brand new. They lived a life one way, and now they're living a life like you would never even understand or comprehend how that person could have lived. I, I love that, because that's like a living demonstration of the power of the cross. But Antoine all reminds me that every salvation is just as powerful. And it is. It, it is. But, but those, those kind of radical salvations, they, they are powerful to, to see the work that God, that God has done for us. But God, God has extended his mercy and his grace to us. The Bible has, says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's what we celebrated here today as we took communion, that the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, was, was, was sacrificed before the whole world 
that salvation might be offered freely to whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. But all Paul wanted to do was to know Jesus. This passage here in verse 12 through 14 I'm reading, the previous passage, listen to what Paul says in verse 10 and 11. He says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And others' translations say it like this. It says, I want to know him inside and out. I love that. Uh, another translation says, I want to, I, I want, all I want is to come to know Christ. In other words, all I, all I want to do is to know Christ. Another translation says, my aim is to know him. And then this translation says, and this, so that I may know him experientially, because more thoroughly, become more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely. I love that. It's like I just, Paul was consumed with knowing Jesus Christ. Who is this man? Who, who is this Savior? Who is this Lord? Who, who is this? Who is, I, I want to know him. And, and we need to get to that place where we are consumed. Like I'm consumed with knowing Jesus. I, and I can't just say, well, I've been saved 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. I know all there is to know. No, there's always more to know. We, we never get to a place of perfection where we say we know everything there is to know of Christ. I want to know more of Christ. That's got to consume us. It's got to, it's got to compel us. And, and see, Paul used the word, he said, Paul said, I, I press on. I, I press on, and I love that word. See, pressing on is not walking or sitting. It's not, it, 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 it's striving and contending. To me, when I think of pressing on, I think of the illustration of competing. Like when you think of pressing, it's like I'm pushing up against something. I'm, I'm pressing. I'm, it's a fight. It, it's like a, there's a resistance. There's a, there's a battle that's coming. I got to contend for this. But what did Paul say? I press on. I, I press on to know. And I'm here to tell you as a Christian, if you want to know Jesus Christ, you're going to have to press in. You're going to have to press on to know him. You're not just going to be able to sit back and say, well, I'm just going to, I'm, I'll just, I'll come to church once a week and, you know, whatever, and I'll just happen, I'll just happenstance to know Christ. No, it doesn't work like that. You've got to press in. You've got to press into him. Paul said, I press. See that, it, what he did, he meant there was a, there's a war. There's a struggle. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a battle taking place. I was sharing with Sister Gleeta this morning before the service called that Christianity is a battle. It's a, it's a struggle. It, it's not easy. What, what does the Bible say? We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle with powers and principalities. It, 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 it's a spiritual battle. It's not physical. It's spiritual. It, it's a struggle. There's a constant, constant force. Listen to me. There's a constant force in the heavenly realms, in the spiritual darkness a constant force coming against you, constantly, constantly coming against you. You got to press in. You got to press. I got to keep pressing, keep waging war. That's what Paul said. That's what Paul did. And he said, Paul said, all I want to, I want to know Christ. See, pursuing Jesus, it's not going to get easy. It's not going to get easier. It's going to become more difficult. 
Um, you know, you must place yourself in a position as you begin 2022 that pursuing Christ is all you want. <laughs> That's my aim. Jesus Christ, I want to know you. So can you say, can we say, as Paul said, I want to know Christ? And do you fill in the blank? I want to, I want to what? I want to go on vacation. I want to earn more money. I want a bigger house. I, I want, uh, Paul said, I want to know Christ. That needs to be the heartbeat and the words of every Christian. Paul wasn't some kind of superhero. He was a man just like we were. He was no different. He was a human being, flesh and blood. He was a man. But he, he understood. He, he, he so appreciated what Christ did for him that all he wanted to do was pursue, just press in and know Jesus Christ. See, Paul said he had not yet reached perfection. See, we will never be, be perfect in knowing Christ. We could spend the rest of our lives knowing his love. You know, think about this. You know, just take, take certain categories of Christ, certain uh, components of his character. Take love, for instance. You could spend the rest of your life getting to know the love of Christ. Like, I could just say, God, that's one thing. I just, if there's nothing else, God, I want to know the, how, how did Christ love? That, you, you, could, you could spend the rest of your life knowing how Christ loved. I want to know his obedience. He, the Bible says, see, he was God, but he was also man. He, he had to learn. He obeyed God. He was obedient, the Bible says. He didn't say anything or do anything that he didn't see or hear his father do. I want to know his compassion. Christ had compassion. He, he stopped. He spent time with the, with the people that the world just pushed to the side. Christ had compassion. And Paul said, I want to know his suffering. He, he was willing to suffer, to be persecuted, to, to die. Uh, the, the, even today would, be, would probably be the most horrible way to be, to, to be murdered on a cross. Paul said, I want to know his suffering. I want to know his kindness. I want to know his gentleness. I want to know his forgiveness. Pick, just pick a component. Pick, pick a characteristic of Christ and say, God, show me that. And say, God, I want to pursue that part of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I wanted to know Christ. See, when we pursue him, we will become like him. When, you, when we pursue Christ, we will become like Christ. See, if we earnestly pursue him, will we become like him? We, you, the Bible says you reap what you sow. We, when when we, we continue to go after Christ, we will become like him. But again, this will not be automatic. It will require an active participation by each of us individually. Each of us, you have to make the decision. I, I, can, I can be a, a, a cheerleader, so to speak, a, you know, a, a, spokes, a spokesman to, to cheer you on to, to get there, but I can't do it for you. I can't jump into your life and make you do these things and live for Christ and pursue Christ. No more than you can get into my shoes and make me do it. I have to pursue too. We have to make the decision individually to, to live. We must make the decision to live for Christ. And then look what Paul says here in verse 13. It says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. The next thing I believe Paul is telling us here is we need to forget. We need to forget. Now, Antoine did a good job of telling us about remembering 
But obviously we know Antoine is talking about what Christ has done for us on the cross, remembering the work of Calvary, remembering the new life that Jesus Christ did for you. Here, Paul is talking about forgetting who he was before he met Christ, for forgetting who he was. So, so Paul, um, Paul said, one thing I do, I forget what is behind me. See, your past is one of the greatest obstacles to becoming all Christ has created you to be. I don't think many Christians recognize that, but, but our past can become one of the greatest obstacles of becoming everything that Jesus Christ designed for us to be. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, behold, the new has come. The Bible says, the, all things, the, all, all, all things, all old things are gone, behold, everything has become new. We are a new creation. That's why the born-again experience is so descriptive, the illustration of being born again. You literally have to be born again. You, 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 your life is completely dead to your old self, and you are born again to a brand new life in Jesus Christ. But that scripture verse, we quote that and we, we, we believe that, but to really live that scripture verse out is difficult. It's, it's, it's hard for us to receive that. See, um, your past, all of it is removed in Jesus' name. Everything is removed in Jesus' name. See, Paul, sin, your sin has been removed, the Bible says. Not just like washed over and, 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 and polished up. No, the Bible said it has been removed. Christ has removed our sin from us. Paul was a chief sinner. We, we, you know the story of Saul in the, in the book of Acts. What was Saul doing? He was persecuting the church. He would walk into a service like this that we're having this morning, and he would, he would arrest you, put you in prison. He, would, he, was, he was persecuting anyone who called and confessed the name of Jesus. Paul, Paul was a persecutor. So Paul was a, was a chief sinner. You need to forget your past lifestyle of sin. Jesus, Jesus does not condemn you. We are not condemned. See, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to keep condemning us and reminding us of, of our past and our past sin. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ has forgiven us. And then all of our failures, we all, we all have failures. Every one of us in here has failed at something. We have something we regret. We have a mistake, something that, we, that, we've, that we've made a mistake at. Every single one of us ha have that. Paul said, I forget. I, I forget those things. We, we, ha we have to move, we have to forget those things, um, the, the shortcomings, uh, things that we didn't accomplish, we wanted to do. Every single one of us has failed at something. See, your past cannot be rewritten. It cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. It's done and finished. Even what you did this morning cannot be changed. Do you realize that? You might have made a mistake getting ready for church this morning. Even that cannot, you have to forget that. Paul said, I forget those things that are behind me. I have to forget those things. But look at this part of the verse, and I thought this was real interesting. If you put verse 13 back up there, look, look what uh, verse, um, verse 13. Yeah, look what it says. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But look what he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Now, he said one thing, he said one thing I do, but he gave two actions. I, I never caught that before in the scripture verse. He says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. What is Paul talking about? As a believer, you can't stay stuck in your past. 
I can't just, just stay wallowing and, and, and in a pity party of all the mistakes and all the things and all the things and just stay there. Paul said, I forget, I forget my past and at the same time, I look forward to what Christ has yet to do for me. See that? It's like it happens simultaneously. It happens at the same time. I look forward. And that's what God is telling us to do. See, the devil, the devil wants you stuck in your past while Jesus Christ wants you to look to the future of the things yet to come. We have, we have to get out of our past, get out of our pity party, out of our mistakes. Look, God uses imperfect people. That he, he did it from Genesis to Revelation. He's still doing it today. And the devil has done a good job of convincing Christians that we have to be perfect first before God can use us. That's a lie from the devil. God never once ever expected perfection. He wants obedience. He wants surrender. He, he wants us to come before him and just, just, just childlike faith and just trust him. God doesn't expect perfection. So Paul said, one thing I do, so you got to do it at the same time. You forget what, lay, what lies behind you. And I, Paul said, I look forward. I love that. See, you know why? Forward is like it's, it's all brand new. It's yet to happen. God, God's got so much in store for us. And I believe that that is such a restrainer that the devil uses us to constrict the church and hold the church back. Even good things. We, we can be stuck in the past of good things. You know, we talk about old Azusa Street Revival and all those different moves of God. Okay, that's good. But what is God doing today? I, I want to know what God, what, what God is doing today. What has God yet to do? God is always doing something new. And, we have to, and to, to experience that, we have to forget the things that, forget the things of the past. See, so what, 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 are, you, what are you reaching for in 2022? We need to be reaching for more of Jesus, more of souls, more intimacy in prayer and communion with Christ. I, I just gotta, I gotta press in, just like Paul said, and just press in to know Him. But see, we have to get this. Satan wants you stuck in the past. Jesus wants you striving for the future. See, the Bible says Jesus did not come to condemn us. So that's how you can distinguish between the two voices. That there's really three voices that we have. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit, it's the devil, and it's your voice. But how do I distinguish between the Holy Spirit and the, and, the, and the voice of the devil? Well, the Bible says Jesus Christ does not condemn us. So if I have a voice that's telling me, look how bad you are. You, look, look, look at, don't you remember when you did this and you said this? That's a, that's, a, that's a voice of condemnation. That's not a voice from God. I reject that voice in Jesus' name. I, 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 just what Paul said, I forget those things. I'm a new creation. Tell the devil you are a new creation in Jesus' name. The old is gone, the new has come. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ. We have to forget, forget the past. And then in verse 14, Paul said, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And then the last thing here Paul is telling us is just to, we need to press on. See, Paul kept his focus on eternal things, not temporary things. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to take our eyes away from the temporary things of the world and place them on the eternal things of heaven. So that's another distraction of the enemy. The enemy loves to get the believer distracted by the things of the world. What is the world? The world cares about. Think about everything the world cares about is temporary. Money, their homes, their jobs, their positions. Every single thing that they are, even the stock market, their investments, all those things, those are all temporary things. And, and, and the devil loves when the church gets mixed in with the world 
and we too are just distracted by temporary things. But, but, but Paul said, I keep my eyes on eternal things, on, on, he- on my goal, which is eternal life in heaven. So you've got you to keep your aim and your focus on the goal. My goal is eternal life. See, this is a sobering question that all of us need to answer. Do I spend most of my attention, time, and energy on things that are temporary or on things that are eternal? I'll, I'll be the first one to confess. My, my energy is more on things that are temporary. But I want God to take that away from me. God, place my focus and my mind on things that are eternal. God, what, what, what absorbs you? What consumes you? Paul was consumed with eternity. He was consumed with eternal things. See, conforming to the image of Christ is my goal. Eternal life is the prize. That's what we get. We know Christ. Paul said, I want to know Christ. And what was his goal? Eternal life. That's our goal. We've got to keep our eyes on the goal. And then Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, it's a matter of the heart. It's a heart. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Jesus said, let your heart store up things in your heart that are eternal, not temporary things. That's got to be a work. The Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit can remove those things from us. We have to give the Holy Spirit access. God's not going to force his way in the door. I have to make myself available. But then when we, when we open ourselves up, the Holy Spirit will come and he will begin to remove those desires from our hearts. I believe that. I know that he, that he will do that. See, our treasure is in heaven. It's none, none of the earthly things, these, aren't, these are not treasures. They're not, they won't last. They're temporary things. Paul pressed on. Why did Paul use the word press? Because just like I said earlier, he understood that living for Jesus would be a struggle. You'd have to strive. You'd have to strain. You've got to push. You've got to fight. You've got to resist. You've got to contend. All those different things, we have to do that. So that's my... That's my 2022 resolution. I'm pressing on. I'm, uh, yeah, all of us can look back at 2021, and we can all say, you know what? I, 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 had a, I messed up. I, I made a mistake. I, I, I failed at this. Uh, you know, maybe you said you wanted to read your Bible more. You wanted to pray more. You know, whatever the things. And maybe you didn't measure up to whatever, whatever goal you set. But you know what? Paul said, forget that. The, the past is the past. I can't change it. Even if I wanted to go back and try to rewrite 2021, I can't do that. But, but what did Paul say? I, I look forward. Why? Because forward is all brand new. It's all wide open for me. That everything that God, we strain, we look forward to everything that God, and we press on. We're, we're pressing in to know Jesus Christ. So I believe that should be all of our, all of our goals for this year, is I, I just want to press on to know Jesus Christ. I want to I know him